This is my baby daughter. Uh, one of them, the oldest one, Annalise. She's almost two. And as she's growing up along with her sister, I am growing increasingly frustrated. I know you have been, so have I, but now it's different. With children approaching vaccination age, you heard what Dr. Fauci is talking about, what they're pushing now, vaccines for these kids, possibly making it mandatory. This is really, really bad stuff. Of course, you know that, I know that, but I'm starting to feel it more in my bones than I have before, that this guy who has been wrong across the board, that it's still considered sacrosanct what he says, even though we've all seen him make mistake after mistake and lie after lie. And then his cuddly surgeon general, Dr. Vivek Murthy, who is a brutal, brutal political player. Don't be fooled by his demeanor, which is rather pleasant, but no, this guy, who is he? to be saying this. We can have the best science available. We can have the best public health expertise available, but it won't help people if they don't have access to accurate information. You've got to recognize that our technology platforms, whether in particularly social media, these have an important role to play. These are the predominant places where we're seeing misinformation spread. Uh, these platforms have still not stepped up to do uh, the right thing and do enough, I should say, to reduce the spread of misinformation. The government just calling it misinformation, applying pressure on companies to censor us. This is wrong. And by the way, this is America, a land of the second opinion and third opinion. Who saw Dr. Marcus Welby? You can get a second opinion in America. They're losing our confidence, the government, and they should be. Some of the stuff they're doing have been doing. Did you hear about this? The United States government right now is contracting private aircraft to fly migrants who are coming in illegally from the southern border all over the country. They're fanning them out all over the country. This is suburban New York City, Westchester County, plane loads of migrants being flown up here. Now, when the cops showed up, because they're doing this in the middle of the night, the cops started asking questions. Uh, who are you? What are you doing? It's pretty wild what happened next. You know, the guys who are doing this, they know that it's wrong, but they have their orders. What's going on, my friend? How are you? Good, how are you? Not too shabby. Where, where's this going tonight? Uh, no, no. Actually, it's up to them. I don't know. You're on a, a secure facility here, and, and we don't really know anything, and we're in charge of security. So that's hence where we're having a problem here. Yeah, we're hanging out here on the tarmac, yeah. like that. My thing is, I like to comply. You know what I'm saying? I comply. Everybody, Easy. Yeah. Technically, we're not supposed to show IDs or anything like that. Like I said, everything's supposed to be hush-hush. Everything's supposed to be hush-hush. We can't even show you our IDs. These are contractors contracted by the federal government bringing these people here. We haven't had a conversation about this. Where are the congressional hearings? There's more. Said, a lot of this is just no, I, I get it. I just like I said, stuff that we don't tell people because what we don't want to do is attract attention. We don't want the media. Yeah. Like we don't even know where we're going when they tell us. Yeah. I get the whole secrecy and all this, but this is even about my. Yeah. And why? You know why? You know why? Yeah, I know, but why? Why? Yeah. No, but uh, what's what's the big secret? Everybody knows it's happening. You know why? Because if it gets out, the government will train the American people. 
The government is betraying the American people. One of the contractors said that to a police officer, and they don't want media attention. And they don't have to worry because the media aren't asking questions about this. That ridiculous two-hour press conference where Joe Biden uh, lost it. Not one question. Not one question about the border situation and this, this issue, which is, I think they're trying to redefine America. And Joe just stands there smiling, passive aggressive smile. What's up with those teeth, by the way? Are they original teeth? It's not original hair. I don't think it's original teeth either. Back to those migrants, they put them on buses. They're being driven to cities all over the place, including Long Island, New York. Now on Long Island, there's a place called Mercy First. It's a facility that houses migrants and they've been running away uh, for a long time. All kinds of reports of uh, shoddy treatment and runaway kids. This is a problem. And right near Mercy First is a place called Brentwood, Long Island, which happens to be the headquarters of MS-13 in North America. This has been documented. This has been reported on. The problem was so bad that actually Donald Trump went to Brentwood while he was president to talk about this very issue. MS-13 gang members have brutally murdered 17 beautiful young lives in this area on Long Island alone. Think of it. They butchered those little girls. They kidnap, they extort, they rape and they rob. They prey on children. They shouldn't be here. All right, I know some people don't like the tweets, don't like the style or whatever, but this is what you want from an American president. Forget the personality if you don't like him. I happen to like him, but forget that for a moment. This is what a president is supposed to do. Not this. Make good on these ridiculous promises from the campaign. I would do as president is several more things because things have changed. I would, in fact, make sure that there is we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. So uh, if you do that stuff, Donald Trump is right. We may not have a country for all that much longer, a country, a region, a territory, or a large tract of land distinguishable by features of topography, biology, culture. Yeah, a country. We're losing it if we continue on this path. A nation without borders is not a nation. You have to do something to secure the border. We don't have a country without a border. Without a border, we just don't have a country. They're coming in illegally. Drugs are pouring in through the border. We have no country if we have no border. And our culture is part of the definition of a country. And that, I mean, that's in shambles. Nobody agrees on anything anymore. Our founding fathers have been villainized and demonized and canceled. This is insane. This is not what a healthy country does. And certainly our overreaction and overcorrection to what happened to George Floyd, it's a sick country. I wish George Floyd was alive. I wish that did not happen to him. I also wish that he did not live a criminal life. I wish that Officer Chauvin did not do what he did. I also wish that the Minneapolis police manual did not say you could put a knee on a neck. I also wish there was some consistency in those autopsy findings. The reaction to what happened here is almost breaking the country. Now, 
in the immediate aftermath, you remember the looting, the arson all over the place. Now, some of these people are being sentenced, just a few, not many, for their deeds on that day uh, or that series of days, months, really. This is a building, a shopping center, I believe, that was torched in Minneapolis. Here's the guy responsible. Uh, he did it. Uh, they, 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 have, uh, they have the proof. He's convicted. And now it's time to send him to jail. All right. He torched a supermarket. Guess what? There was a person inside, a man named Oscar. And uh, yeah, he was found two months later in the basement. So man committed arson. Individual lost his life. Where does our country stand on this? What are we recommending as a country? Well, the position of the United States with respect to sentencing, official documents, the position of our prosecutors who represent the United States is the following. All right. It's pretty wild. Number one, he was in the streets to protest unlawful police violence against black men. All right, going on. You see, they're mitigating the whole thing. Mr. Lee acknowledges that he could have demonstrated it in a different way, but that he was caught up in the fury of the mob after living as a black man, watching his peers suffer at the hands of police. Mr. Lee states that he checked the building before he set the fire to make sure no one would be hurt. If true, they haven't been able to determine that, this is at least some small measure of precaution and finally, they bring Martin Luther King into it. Even the great American advocate for nonviolence and social justice, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. stated that we've got to see that a riot is the language of the unheard. Now, again, this is not, um, this is not from his defense attorneys. This is from the federal government, federal prosecutors explaining all this away. By the way, I very much doubt that um, social justice was on Mr. Lee's mind. It is a matter of fact understood in academia that rioting, rioting is seldom about the actual issue that the media reports. Rioting mainly for fun and profit. That's from The Unheavenly City by Edward Banfield, an er, a classic in academia, explaining the riots tended to justify them. And they document how most people just kind of like running around and breaking things and stealing stuff. Yeah, a lot of this stuff was not about George Floyd. <sighs> there are fewer and fewer people able and willing to talk about some of the things we're talking about right now. And those who are making the case, who are speaking truth, they are trying to cancel them. Now, they're not going to be able to cancel Dan Bongino. He's fantastic but they did kick him off of YouTube. Can you believe that? YouTube. Yes, it's official. Dan Bongino's material permanently banned from YouTube. How about that? Does that sound American? That sounds really dangerous. Um, this used to be a niche thing. It's going broader and broader. I'm having people approach me People who love me saying, maybe you shouldn't talk about the election. Maybe you shouldn't talk about race. Maybe you should just go with the flow. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Not this Marine. We'll be right back.
Hi, Rob Carson here. If you love watching Newsmax, you're really going to love listening to our new podcast. It's called the Newsmax Daily. I host it, and I give you the best briefing of the big news of the day, top newsmaker interviews, and even, yes, a few laughs. I know it's hard to believe. So if you're uh, driving, walking, exercising, just about anywhere, you can connect with the Newsmax Daily with me, Rob Carson. Find our podcast online or go to iPhone, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, and more, and start listening today. All I can say is, is that, that the, the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? And the fake news, they created this ridiculous climate we live in, and cops are really paying the price for their total lack of responsibility. Uh, now police are being shot on site. You know, you heard about what happened in New York, those two police officers shot in Harlem. Uh, we lost 122, 127, two officers shot yesterday in St. Louis, one still in critical condition. And, um, in Houston, just a little while ago, a wild shootout on the street at the end of a, of a car chase, three officers shot. We don't know the condition of the officers, uh, but three were hit. This happened just a little while ago in Houston. Um, mainstream media, they don't talk about their own culpability here, but uh, left-leaning media, left-leaning politicians, they're searching for, how could this have happened? We have to study why we're seeing this. We must address the root causes of these challenges. Later this week, I'm going to under, uh, roll out uh, my plan to deal with the underlying reasons uh, that we're facing such a surge of violence in our cities. We're going to go after the underlying reasons you're seeing crime in our city. And that is the plan we're going to roll out uh, this week with a very clear understanding of dealing with the underlying uh, reasons that we're seeing an increase in crime. All right, I'm going to tell you, uh, Eric Adams and all the other liberals, we don't need a task force. We don't need a commission to figure out the underlying reasons. It's because of the lies, the lies that the left in politics and media told about the cops, that they were racist, that they were out to kill young men of color. Guess what? People believed your lies and now we're seeing we're seeing the impact of all of that. And some have benefited enormously from these lies, by the way. They've achieved power this way. I'd like to introduce you to uh, Councilwoman Kristen Richardson Jordan, brand new member of the city council. That's a stepping stone to becoming mayor, by the way. Um, right after she wins her seat, she puts this out. NYPD is still the biggest gang in New York. Yes, she's one of those, forget defunding the police, she wants to abolish the police. It was the basis of her campaign. Just to be perfectly clear, I think the ideal NYPD budget is zero. Money we are spending on cops to try to stop fair evasion, we could spend on making a free subway. I am on a mission to disrupt District 9 with radical love. If I am elected, I could be the first black queer woman on New York City Council. No! I don't care if she's black and queer or a woman. I just do not like her horrible ideas that potentially are leading to the death of cops. So she takes the oath of office. She thinks she's all that now, puts out that hideous tweet, NYPD, that they're the gang, they're the problem, the biggest threat to black men are the cops. Just a matter of days later, 
two officers are shot and killed. So she's got a problem on her hands, okay? And uh, the New York Times does a big story about her. Guess what? Guess what? They tiptoe all around the tweet. They don't even mention it. This is a big story. They talk about her messaging. They talk about her progressive agenda. But they don't even mention that she called the NYPD a criminal organization. Now, why would they not mention that? Well, here's the reporter of the story. Her name is Katie Glick. Now, the way our culture is designed right now, Katie can't be too critical of this person. Katie works for a liberal newspaper. I'm guessing she might be liberal, but who knows? But liberal, no matter what your color, you cannot judge a woman of color. No way. This is a typical case of a white woman, white womaning, right? So we see the disrespect, we see the privilege. White women have taken an active role in the maintenance of white supremacy. When you're a white woman and you're a Republican, there's just certain stuff culturally that you don't know jack bleep about. My advice to white women is man your own goddamn business. I mean, this is this is the way liberals talk now. So maybe that offensive tweet not being included in a major story. This is not from five years ago. That tweet is from earlier this month, not being included in something like this. I have a feeling there's some weird cultural issues that are either not being talked about or being talked about at the times, whatever. And they do things in a very weird way. It's not just um, councilmen. We have a new controller and star in charge of the finances of New York. It's this guy, Brad Lander, our new controller. How did he get that job? Hmm? By going with the woke mob and saying stuff that's really fashionable, or at least was a couple of months ago. I want to thank all of you for pushing us, for pushing me. I want to say thank you to the 42,000 people who called or emailed my office demanding that I take steps to defund the NYPD, pushing me to join Jumaane and others in saying this year we're going to fight to find a billion dollars, one billion dollars that we can move out of policing and into the kind of uh, youth services and healthcare services and mental health services that the people of our city need. And you have my word, I will not vote for a budget that does not make deep and significant cuts to the NYPD this year. And the crowd of liberal wackos goes nuts. Say anything they want to hear, and now he's the comptroller, and it comes with a contingent of bodyguards. And guess what? He wants the cops. He wants his bodyguards. They're cops. He doesn't need them, by the way. Nobody knows who this guy is. The way our elections work, hardly anybody, even though we have a huge city, actually voted for the guy. But one thing about liberals, they actually love power. Ooh, Secret Service guys, like in the movies? Oh, they're all over that. All right, now this. Ultimately, I'm always right. President Trump was so right about so much, especially those phonies who went after him in the first impeachment. We'll start with that. Uh, Do you remember these people? Uh, Donald Trump and others in the administration said that they were out for themselves. These so-called whistleblowers and uh, the whole thing with Ukraine. Now we know they're, I knew basically back then that they were out for themselves. They, these are swamp creatures, and listen to how they bragged about themselves. I take great pride in the fact that I'm a non-partisan foreign policy expert 
who has served under three Republican and Democratic presidents. For the best part of three decades, I've built a career as a non-partisan, non-political national security professional focusing on Europe and Eurasia, and especially the former Soviet Union. I come before you as an American citizen who has devoted the majority of my life, 33 years, to service to the country that all of us love. I joined the Foreign Service during the Reagan administration and subsequently served three other Republican presidents as well as two Democratic presidents. I've dedicated my entire professional life to the United States of America. For more than two decades, it has been my honor to serve as an officer in the United States Army. As an infantry officer, I served multiple overseas tours, including South Korea and Germany, and I was deployed to Iraq for combat operations. The heroes, just ask them, just ask them. Um, and the swamp rewarded them, uh, and they're still rewarding them. There they are on the front page, the cover of Time Magazine, Guardians of the Year. Well, I remember how Fiona Hill was saying she was so non-partisan. Is that what she said? Listen to them now. Let's just put it this way. Donald Trump is not a Republican. He's not a conservative. He wasn't part of the party. He's hijacked the party and the apparatus. He's bullied members of Congress and the Senate from the Republican Party into submission. President Trump was surprised that he was president. He was unready to govern. He was always looking forward for the next uh, opportunity to continue his enterprise and continue to profit off his office. Did you feel threatened? I did. How so? It kind of felt like a vague threat. And so I wondered what that meant. It concerned me. Oh, chilling. Um, she was going along with it. She knew what she was supposed to say. And they're all being rewarded. Fiona Hill. Every day I turn on TV, I see her bashing the president and trying, President Trump, that is, and trying to sell her silly book uh, that came out. Imagine that. They all got book deals. I mean, they all got book deals. Ambassador Yovanovitch, who felt so threatened. Well, you can read about it uh, when her book comes out uh, in March. Yep, there it is. And Vinman. Oh, this guy. This guy's really making out. Not only did he get a book deal. But let's see, he is friends with Arnold Schwarzenegger. No kidding. Here he is playing around in the backyard. Uh, they also broke out the sword. You know that crazy sword he likes? Yes. And not only that, Mrs. Vinman is involved with uh, this whole scene. And all right, it gets better for Vinman. He has a phony job at a phony think tank. He's also acting on HBO. I heard the call, Larry. What? I'm concerned by the call. It was a perfect call. That call was far from perfect. What are you going to do? I'm going to transcribe that call, and I'm sending it to the head of the Santa Monica City Council. Why, why, why would you do that? It's the right thing to do to report it. It's my duty. Your duty, your duty, come on. Enough with your duty. It's too much duty. You're off duty. No offense, Larry, uh, but uh, that guy doesn't deserve any television appearances, or I think he deserves jail or at least go back to the waiting room at Jiffy Lube uh, with his brother and his old man. Uh, this was on CBS News. The old man is actually pretty cool. He told, told these guys, don't do it. You don't know what you're doing. And they didn't, but they did it anyway. All right, stay with us. We'll be right back. Scared straight. Remember that from the 1970s? It didn't work then, but they're trying to bring it back with a hell of a lot of money. This country was made by tax rebels, freedom fighters, gold seekers, believers, 
lovers, and true patriots. We're Newsmax, and we're their heirs, and so are you. Newsmax TV, real news for real people. In the 1970s, they had this program called Scared Straight. They, ma- they turned it into a documentary. They would take kids, juvenile delinquents, and send them to hardcore maximum security prisons for a couple of hours and talk to the guys. Scare them straight. Didn't really work, but man, it was really compelling television. Keep your eyes on me the whole time I'm talking. If I decide to jump up in that goddamn ceiling, you better have your eyes right in the bottom of my feet. Come on, goddammit. Act like you changing to go hang out. You need some help, something? That's right. Now, I took that. Huh? You can't talk? I said, how did you feel? You want to do something about that? No. But you know how they showed me? By taking my out right out of my head. Look. You see it? Stab me all up in the front and in the back. How tough could I have been? Tell me. See, you got that up attitude. You want to be like me. Uh, we sure that didn't work? I'm, I'm scared. I, anyway, uh, it was of minimum uh, effectiveness, minimal effectiveness. But they still try versions of this. You know, find some criminals, find some people in the community. They've cleaned it up a lot. They can't yell at anybody anymore like that, and they don't do it in jail. But some of these guys, their heart's in the right place. They call them violence interrupters. And it started in Chicago, you know, talk to people in the community, be out there for them. But it doesn't work. I mean, we all know what's happening in Chicago. It's going up and up and up the homicide rate. So uh, still, if it fails there, we're going to try it here in New York. Violence Interrupters, a cure violence program originated in Chicago in an effort to address gang violence and reduce retaliatory killings. And that's one of the new mayor's uh, big priorities. You know, more and more on that. The old mayor tried it as well. Um, but it doesn't work. Again, some of these guys, their heart is in the right place, but you know, you can only hand out so many t-shirts and uh, have so many scrimmages on the basketball court. Um, These problems are far deeper than an afternoon program, just the way it is, but they keep trying and the results aren't there. Now, some of these groups are receiving a lot of money. I don't think it's worth it. This one of the guys from the neighborhood, he see us out here every day. He rock with us. He, you know, let us know when it's a good time, when it's a bad time. We help him out as much as we can. We just want the police to be better and more responsible, and we want to be a part of that solution. We'll go right on the corner where the guys be at, right on their hot spot, right on their corner. And we'll just post up and pass out hot dogs and food until 1 in the morning. Hot dogs and food till one in the morning. Uh, yeah, you know, it sounds okay, I guess, not really, uh, but that's some of the stuff they're trying. And lots of money flowing around, especially from the Biden administration. All right, we want to talk about Brandon Strzok for a moment. You know this guy? He founded the Walk Away Movement, Walk Away from the Democrat Party. For many years, he was a hardcore liberal, and uh, then he kind of woke up. He realized he was being lied to and started a very successful movement now. 
got himself into trouble about a year ago. Uh, he was there on January 6th, but he didn't hurt anybody. He didn't break anything. He wasn't even inside the Capitol. Uh, looks like he's pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor and uh, he will spend a couple of months under house arrest. Now it's been for sure an ordeal for him, but he's back on social media and he's speaking out about what happened. Let's take a look. In the three and a half years that I have been working in the world of politics, I have not attained any information of any kind about any criminal wrongdoing for any person in the MAGA movement. All right, number one. Number two, I have consistently said since the night of January 6, 2021, when I learned of the intense violence that had taken place earlier that day, violence is never okay. And he also says political violence is never acceptable, not when fighting racism, not when fighting for election integrity, and not for any other reason. Anyway, he will be uh, still active, we're told, in the walkaway movement, and uh, he'll be online. Brandon Strzok should be on this show at some point in the future. All right. Also, do you remember this from the 2020 debate? Big moment when Chris Wallace ganged up uh, with Joe Biden to get Donald Trump to condemn white supremacy, but they they were very clumsy and inaccurate in what they did. Are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. So what, what, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and right like me to condemn? White Proud supremacists and right boys. Stand back and stand by, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left. Yeah, Antifa and the left. After after a year, two years of all those riots and they're talking about white supremacy. We don't like white supremacy. We also know that the Proud Boys is not a white supremacist group, all right? It's headed by Enrique Tario, who, by the way, just got out of jail for, get this, setting a Black Lives Matter sign on fire. If only he had burned an American flag, this all would have been okay. It's not a white supremacy group. Enrique Tario, by the way, is Afro-Cuban, and we expect to be seeing him on this show shortly. And uh, welcome home, Enrique. Very strange moment at the White House today. Uh, we saw Justice Breyer make an appearance with Joe Biden, and after they were both done talking, for some reason, Joe Biden gave the outgoing Supreme Court justice, a dirty used face mask. Thank you all so very, very much for being here. And I'm not going to take any questions because I think it's inappropriate to uh, take questions uh, with the justice here. He's still sitting on the bench and and, uh, but you'll have plenty of opportunities to get me later today and for the rest of the week next week, too. So thank you very much. What the hell was that all about? Joe Biden, of course, touching his face before or after. Take this mask. It's just um, it's kind of amusing and also very, very weird. When we come back, uh, video we have body cam video showing the federal government delivering migrants throughout the country via private chartered jets in the middle of the night. It's very, very strange. No one's talking about it. It's very important. Be right back. 
Have you heard about this? Good chance you haven't. The federal government delivering migrants from the border all throughout the country. These are not citizens here illegally. And they're being given flights, free flights all over the country. And they're doing it in the middle of the night. It is extraordinary. And actually, I, we have to thank, and let's meet him now, if you don't mind, Rob Astorino, the former county executive for Westchester County. He is currently running for the Republican nomination for governor here in New York State. Uh, Mr. Astorino, welcome back. And uh, thank you, because it's pretty wild. You're the one who really found this footage, more so than any media, more so than uh, anybody in Congress. You've been driving this. Uh, and that's pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm surprised that there have not been more because this is really, really incriminating stuff. Well, Greg, I didn't get any calls today from, let's see, CNN, MSNBC, The New York Times, The Washington Post. I didn't get calls from them today to comment about this or to go on. Uh, this is being driven by normal people who are just completely and utterly fed up with what is happening in this country. I mean, obviously, we have a complete open border right now. That's the policy of the Biden administration. It's wave everybody in and then put them on planes, as you said, if they can't get into a cab or an Uber and send them all over. So they're taking the southern border crisis and spreading it throughout the entire interior of the U.S., making it a crisis for everybody. And in Westchester, uh, uh, you know, an airport that has a midnight curfew for flights, these flights were coming in overnight. We broke this. I talked about it on your show back in August and asked questions of the federal government, of the state, and got nothing. No answers. All I got were lies. And of course, I was called a racist for asking those questions. But everything in this video proves us to be correct. These were done secretly. They didn't want anybody to know about it. And as the government contractors say on that police video cam, it was all supposed to be hush hush. The public wasn't supposed to know. The press wasn't supposed to know. They didn't even know where they were driving these people. Yeah. In fact, some of them, and, and I've seen it with my own eyes, and of course we're being gaslighted. No, that's not true. They were adult men putting put on buses, taken to a Costco parking lot in Port Chester, New York, just near the airport, and then they get into cars and go. I mean, this is what's happening, and we have no right to know about it, according to the federal government. So a uh, couple of things. Um, number one, the, Miranda Devine at The New York Post has been highlighting this as well. But again, it's conservative media, not mainstream media. And you mentioned the people. Uh, you FOIA'd, you requested body cam footage from the police department. You ultimately received it. And we have it. These are the conversations between a police officer who's showing up, wants to know what's going on, and private but federally contracted individuals responding. Let's take a look. What's going on, my friend? How are you? Good, how are you? Not too shabby. Where, where's this going tonight? Uh, no, no. Actually, it's up to them. I don't know. You're on a, a secure facility here, and, and we don't really know anything, and we're in charge of security. So that's hence where we're having a problem here. So. Yeah, we're hanging out here on the tarmac, yeah. just like that. My thing is, I like to comply. You know what I'm saying? I comply. Everybody, yeah, easy. Yeah. Technically, we're not supposed to show IDs or anything like that. Like I said, everything's supposed to be hush hush. And they also said they don't want to. They don't want media attention. And they're actually, look, we're not against these guys. They're rank and file guys. But the Department of Homeland Security, the federal government is doing this and nobody gives a damn. It's crazy. 
it's it's really like they are trafficking human beings um, from another country and smuggling them into our own communities. I mean, think about that. They don't want anybody to know what they're doing. They're breaking their own laws and they're they're flying them in and then they're dispersing them. Now, some of them are unaccompanied children, and that's what they told us this was all about. Well, that's true to some extent. There are some unaccompanied children and they're going into our schools, into our neighborhoods, uh, using our services. And um, and they wouldn't even admit that where they were going. They lied about where they were being sent, that they weren't being sent to Westchester or Long Island or the New York suburbs. Uh, they were being sent to Chicago. Oh, yeah. OK, so you're going to land in Westchester, put them on a bus for 12 hours. OK, but they lied. They deflected. They would never answer the questions, Greg. And that should infuriate people because we're all paying the bill for this. And there are thousands and thousands of people coming in undocumented. And our government is putting them in our communities, and we don't know who the heck anybody is, what their backgrounds are. Do they have a criminal record? Are they vaccinated for COVID? Because we certainly have to be. I got to show a passport yeah. like you to go into a restaurant in New York City, and two-year-olds have to be masked. And our own Governor Hochul is completely complicit in this. She has been dead silent since August when I broke this and asked these questions. Not a word. She's. She cares more about coddling the criminals in New York City who are running rampant and causing chaos as opposed to who is actually coming in our backyards from our federal government illegally. Rob Astorino, we thank you for this. We won't let go of this story. It's, uh, and, and, and you're the journalist, uh, really, who broke this story initially. We appreciate it to be continued. Rob Astorino is a Republican, former county executive running for governor of New York State. Stay in touch. We'll be right back. See this great big fire? It was set in the aftermath of George Floyd's uh, death in Minneapolis. Now, uh, protesters started it and somebody died inside. Yeah, a guy named uh, Oscar Stewart. They found him in the basement two months later. So they tracked down the fire. They convicted a guy of setting it, <clears throat> this individual, Montez Lee. He's going to jail, but what they're saying in federal documents about how much time he should, should serve in jail is pretty shocking stuff. It seems like they're taking the side of Black Lives Matter and all this nonsense. First, let's bring in Joe DeGeneva, former U.S. attorney for Washington, D.C. Joe, welcome back. Number one, the uh, have you ever seen the Justice Department as politicized as it is today, does any moment in our history come close to what we're seeing right now? Nothing. This is really remarkable. And the pleadings in this case by a United States attorney read like the pleadings of the public defender rather than the prosecutor in the case. I read those pleadings. I was disgusted. There is a man who is dead, who was whose body wasn't found until two months after the fire. The destruction in that city was so bad. And the United States attorney sounds like he's making an excuse. The United States attorney's name is W. Anders Folk, F-O-L-K. Every American should remember his name. This is a disgraceful pleading on behalf of the United States. And you know what? It's exactly what Merrick Garland and Joe Biden want. They don't care about the victims. They care only about the criminals. So it is astonishing, and 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 that individual folk uh, represents the United States. 
on the in the in the guidelines in the recommendation. Uh, this is the position of the United States with respect to sentencing. The United States—that's you, me, watching at home. This guy represents all of us officially, and let's go through it. Number one, the first point here: he was in the streets to protest unlawful police violence against black men. Mr. Lee acknowledges that he could have demonstrated in a different way, but he was caught up in the fury of the mob after living as a black man watching his peers suffer at the hands of police. Now, let's leave it there for a moment. This is wildly political. They're taking sides. Yeah. They should not be doing that, correct? This is, is this violating any, any rules? What it's doing is it's making an excuse for the crime. This is an adult male who committed arson. He killed somebody in the fire. That's felony murder where I come from when I was United States attorney for the District of Columbia. As I said, when you read this language from the U.S. attorney, it sounds like an apology. And they only recommended a little bit more than half of the sentence that he is supposed to get under the federal sentencing guidelines. This is a nauseating pleading. Uh, it goes on. It gets a little bit worse, even more nauseating, perhaps. Uh, Mr. Lee states that he checked the building before he set the fire to make sure no one would be hurt. If true, this is at least some small measure of precaution. Precaution. Also, even the great American advocate for nonviolence and social justice, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. stated that we've got to see that a riot is the language of the unheard. Number one. I didn't know Dr. Martin Luther King said that. If he did say that, I think we should reevaluate Martin Luther King Day. But uh, as you as you mentioned, this is this is the language of a defense lawyer, not a prosecutor. Pretty disgusting. Uh, I must say, I, I couldn't believe it when I when the pleadings were sent to me today. I read them and I had to double check to make sure that they were signed by the United States attorney and not the defense attorney. But this is Joe Biden's Justice Department. This is the law of the land all over the United States. They go after conservatives. They go after Republicans, hammer and tong. They're tough as nails on people to the right. And then look at this. Someone who just killed another person through arson and a riot gets almost just half of the time that he should be getting. Really disgraceful. I got 10 seconds, Joe, if you don't mind. Is this like the lifelong ambition of Merrick Garland? Did he want to do this when he got real power, or is he just going with the flow at the moment? I think he's been captured. I think he's been completely overtaken. I think he's lost his judgment, and I really think he's not fit to be attorney general. Joe DeGeneva, maybe you, maybe you, attorney general in Trump term two, or what? Who knows? I would like to see that, Joe DeGeneva. Don't rule it out. Former U.S. attorney for Washington, D.C., you're eminently qualified, of course. We thank you again. To be continued, we'll be right back. Thanks so much. Stand by for Stinchfield. See you tomorrow.